Welcome once again, fans of golf, to Golf Talk Live's 19th hole. I'm Alan DePew, and joined as always by Christian Nazamus. He's back. And Andrew DePew. Gentlemen, have you recovered from the U.S. Open television watching? I'm a little hungover because no. I had a drink to get through it because it was a little, little too intense, if I'm being honest. My eyes hurt. I was glued to the TV all day. I played golf in the morning, came back home, put some stuff on the grill, watched golf. All, all right. Well, my, my ass hurts because I was camped out in front of the TV the whole time. <laughs> that, was some, that, that was some great theater. 28 golfers within six shots of the lead going into Sunday. I, mean, I was kind of rooting for a playoff, if I'm being honest with you. Top five, top five to golfers in the world. All right there on the on the first page, or cer- certainly the second page, with the I back agree. nine. I'll I'll say this: I think it was about ten, maybe eleven, where Rom was like playing pretty well. I mean, to the point like it was it, he was obviously always in contention. But I looked at across the room at one of the um, guys that was over, and um, I, I was like, wow. He's he's gonna win this tournament. They're like he's still got seven holes. I was like he's got this tournament. Um, he, I, I I will say this. I know I wasn't my ultimate pick, but if you remember, as I went back and checked the recording, I did call this storyline. I'm glad that this storyline came through because beyond the fact that I I called it, it was probably the storyline that John Rom deserved, and. If I'm going to be even more honest with you, it couldn't have – the only other person that I could have asked for it to happen for would probably have been Rory. And the only reason is they're both first-time Father's Day uh, celebrants. So um, it was great all around. I mean, you couldn't have made a better picture. So I, I don't disagree. I mean, if I'm going to blow my own horn, I called the winning score. I said it was going to be six under. Um, so thank you, John, for helping me out there with the birdies, back-to-back birdies, but, um, it was great. I mean, great theater. Uh, I think we're all going to sit there and agree with this great theater. Yeah. I mean, did you get the sense though, that you just were waiting and waiting for that one guy that was going to step out and nobody, not that he stepped out. I mean, he did when he, he closed those, those are two amazing clutch putts, Christian, but I just found it was always that one swing by somebody. I mean, you could see JT's heart just sink when he when he duck hooked it out of bounds after all the hard work to get himself back up on the board, and he he was done. I'll say this: I think personally, the the kind of closing factor um, for a lot of guys is they they made one mistake and and it blew up big time. I mean, Bryson. I think he probably had the worst back nine or nine holes in his entire professional career on Sunday. I mean, you make an eight and like two doubles. That's pretty unheard of for a professional tour player. So um, all in all, it was fantastic theater. Louie wish it didn't have to happen to a guy like that, but I'm kind of glad that he didn't win just because I, again, I think that the storyline was just too perfect for Rom not to win. Well, Ustay's in a hey, Christian Ustay's in completed. I believe the grand slam of T2s. Yeah. I mean, he's coming. I, I think he's coming runner up more than anybody else on tour, to be honest with you for a major, well, maybe Lee Westwood's not even us opens. I'm talking maybe just well, major. I mean, Phil's, Phil's got Phil. the all time record at six, 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 uh, T2s uh, or six second place at the open, but I'm talking, Who's Tayson has been there. And, and here's the conversation around the golf course today. How does that swing fail down the stretch? It's so no simplistic. I mean, it's the best, one of the best swings in golf for a reason. Um, you know, I, I mean, look, John Rahm, best player in that tournament. I think, I think he was in his own destiny. He was in control of his own swing all day. And I knew, like Andrew alluded to, when he was on 11 or 12, I knew for a fact that he either wasn't going to make another bogey or he was just going to make birdies from there on out. Again, he had some hard holes coming up. Louis was nervous. You could tell Louis was nervous. You know, that putt that he hit on 17 was probably one of the worst putts that he's hit ever in his life. You know, you could just tell that that was a nervous putt. Hits a, he hits a clutch putt in 16. 
you know, but then 18 is virtually, I mean, he eagled it. Yes. On, on, in regulation on uh, Saturday, but that hole is like virtually impossible to eagle unless you get lucky, you know, Seven. you either got a hole out or make a 50 footer. 17, 17 was the end of, of Louie. I mean, anybody that knows golf and the, the, I don't care if 18 is scorable or not, which is another topic I'm going to bring up here in a second that I'd love to talk with you guys about. But um, 17, when he, when he hit it OB, that was in my mind, that, that sealed the deal. Like, yeah, you still could get up and down, I guess, for par. Yeah, I guess you could make Eagle on 18, but, for me, there was just like you could see it in his face when he walked back to the caddy and they caught it on camera. Like Louis just was like, "Oh shit, there it goes," and and I, I don't know why, personally speaking, why he even thought about going left. I mean, every single guy, the telecast even said, "Bomb it way right out of place and play to where the spectrums are, like the like the spectators are standing because it's flattened down and you can play from there." It was it was unfortunate to see, but again, for John Rom's sake, obviously he deserves the congratulations and the and the well you know given congratulations. Well, no, no noteworthy as as much as Louis and being nervous or um, his questionable decisions, shall we say, down the stretch. Equally, you could say John Rom. Guy that's known for the fiery temper, the guy that's known for making some bad decisions down, you know, down the stretch of golf tournaments before. I mean, he's that bunker shot on 18 taught me something about him and where, where he's at. And I mean, he took the pin completely out of play, went out sideways, basically, knew he's still going to leave himself a good, you know, a makeable putt, which he obviously followed through on, but it showed composure. And that's something we've not seen from John in the past. John, John, for once, let his emotions not get away from him. And it proves why he's as good as everyone talks about. And, and quite frankly, let's be honest, even on this show, we really don't talk about John Ron because of his temper, right? Like nobody really picks him a lot during our pickums because his temper usually is, is the issue that doesn't allow him to finish. But he was able for whatever reason to come through it and not have it get to him. But I think looking back, the thing that I, I'm, I'm actually, and it's it was a, a kind of get to my topic. I wanted to ask you guys is um, the 18th hole. Now, obviously there was other scorable holes throughout the, the 18, you know, the 18 other holes that are at Torrey Pines, but I, it begs it, it started to wonder in my mind and begged a question that I have to ask, which is, is having a scorable hole on 18 the best decision by the USGA of all time? Because look, I, I truly think it is better to have a scoring hole on 18 at a course in a U.S. Open than the world's hardest hole. I thought it was it created such great theater. For the and it, it made our our viewing so much better because we we're sitting there like I, I was looking ahead. He was on 15. I was like, oh crap. Okay, so you guys get through 16, 17's an okay tough hole, but like 18 is where he's gonna make his chance. And I was looking forward to it. And I think this is this is something that the USGA definitely needs to consider moving forward is somehow making 18 the most scorable opportunity for a birdie or an eagle like they did. Because it, it just creates the the, the spectrum. Well, we, we we, I mean, it gives it it reinjects the risk reward factor. I mean, you have two schools of thought. You make it extremely difficult, so that coming down the stretch, you know, now it's par par uh, bogey or worse, and as opposed to you know, you could have seen a swing anywhere from eagle to to seven. Uh, you know. I, I, I love Tori about that. And I'll actually ask that question. What was your thoughts about Tori in general? And I'll take, go back. I'll turn the clock back to Thursday on, I think it's 14s to par five, 622. Um, Bryson's got three wood in his hands, 277 out. 13. What's that? I think it's 13, isn't it? 13. Okay. And 277 out. And he literally, literally, Misses making the green because it dips down in that valley and goes back up by like, I don't know, three yards, nine feet, 10 feet. He's got 60 yards coming back and it settles into a divot, chunks it in the bunker, chunks it to the back of the green. I mean, 
I actually thought Tory was looking fairly docile early in the week. What say you, Christian? Yeah, I agree. I mean, but it's the U.S. Open at the end of the day. It's it, it, Rory. Rory alluded to you know this is the only tournament ever that you're going to fist pump a bogey or a double for that matter. I, I mean, it, it's it's the U.S. Open. They're supposed to challenge all aspects of your game. I thought Tory looked great, to be honest with you. I think it looked better than the than the Farmers Insurance. I think the rough was great. I mean, again, but again. You know, the USGA wants to set this golf course up where nobody's under par. That's their goal before they tee it up is to have the leading score probably over par. You know, going back to, you know, when Webb Simpson won plus one, won the event. I, I mean, that's – I like watching tournaments like that. I like seeing tours or tour players really go out there and struggle because it really shows you the grind that they have, you know, the mentality and the mindset to go out there and play well. You know, that's, that's the best golf that you could see is when a tour player is – so focused on what they're doing so i'll add i'll add to something real quick um i i think personally tory was set up very well i like the fact that there was a number of holes that guys had the opportunity to decide whether they wanted to or not to take a risk and reward and let's let like you, you mentioned bryson bryson is the perfect example um i, I think bryson is looking back on this back nine at Tory and just going, what in the world did I do? I mean, he makes an eight on 17. Eight. Well, he was done at that point. You could, he was, you, he you was mean, done at that point, but like it, it, he, he tries to push it forward. He's trying to do his typical Bryson stuff and it backfires. So now it makes the question of like, look, John Rom, yes, he has power, but he doesn't do anything too too outlandish he plays the game the way it should so i don't know it, it was it was unique and i like to see those types of courses being played i don't know if it will continue to happen but again i, I loved it personally well i thought i thought it was uh great theater i think we all came away we all can agree that john rom congratulations john uh you know deserving winner and perfect segue to you were the survivor at the end of the day. So we might as well obviously talk about the survivor golf tee, the official golf tee of Golf Talk Live. Professional spin, distance golf tees. It provides the lowest ball spin rate, greatest overall distance, and that translates into the maximum ball speed. Tested by golf testing laboratories, Survivor of Golf Tee has the lowest ball spin rate by average of 7%, providing you total rollout and distance greatest amongst all tees. And reason-wise, guys, is because its center prong technology with external balancing provides fr less friction between the golf ball and the tee. Its height gauge allows for consistent tee gap depth. It's the most advanced performance golf tee made to date. And it's made of engineering grade polymer. It comes in four different styles from the Survivor Mini T to the Survivor Driver and the Survivor Tour T. You can find it at SurvivorGolfT.com. And it is available in all major golf retailers. We're proud of them. I have them in my bag. Survivor Golf T. Absolutely phenomenal product. I, I saw four, I saw another one of their products. By Greenskeeper, four yards. I know I mentioned it last show, but I saw them up in uh, up in the Dick Sporting Goods, and they're getting out. And, and people definitely need to be trying them here moving forward. It's it's absolutely a, a phenomenal product. We only bring the best onto this show for a reason. But um, yeah, I, I think uh, he was the lone survivor, and, it, and it's great for him. So again, congratulations to John. Christian, you were the one that was able to set up our, our special guest for this week. So I'll let you do our little segue into welcoming our special guest. And uh, then we'll be joined, as I obviously mentioned, by a fourth person in the 19th hole this week. Ladies and gentlemen, as mentioned, you know, we have a very special guest here in the 19th hole. Someone who we've had on the show before who is very popular on social media, who was actually on the grounds at Torrey Pines this week. Phenomenal woman. And once when you guys get the chance to talk to her, you know, she's just 
she's just amazing. So without further ado, we'd like to welcome new lady golfer, AKA Alyssa Kazar. Alyssa, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Wow, that was such a nice introduction. I really appreciate that. Oh, very <laughs> welcome. Get, I never get that introduction. <laughs> I'm going to have to ask him what's, what, what the heck's going on. I've been friends with him hey, for years. This is ridiculous. So, you know, <laughs> so Alyssa, really we, nice. obviously you were, on, you were on the grounds. You know, we were so jealous. We were just talking pre-show, obviously. You know, we, uh, we would have loved to have been there. So tell us about your experience. You know, I, I know you were very active on, on social media and, uh, you know, we'd love to hear all about it. Well, firstly, um, it's extra special for me to be there because it's at Torrey Pines, which is obviously one of my favorite courses and right here in my backyard in San Diego. So um, that was pretty special to be able to not only be able to attend it, but to also be involved um, on the social media side of things with the USGA. So that was really special. I got to be on site a little bit the week before to create some pre-tournament content. So that was always great because there's literally nobody out there and I can move around the course and get on certain holes and do the things that I want to do to create some content leading up to the tournament. And then, you know, the week of was really cool. I was on site starting Tuesday. So Tuesday and Wednesday, um, I believe they had fan their spectators were in on Wednesday, but like not a lot and no fans or spectators are really there on the Tuesday. So to be able to be there and see the guys in their practice rounds and get like some, a little bit of FaceTime, um, get to see them sort of how they're really preparing and getting ready for the tournament. And then just to see Tory Pines pre prepped for a major, cause I've seen it only obviously like in every day I've seen it prepped for the farmers, but I've never seen it prepped for a major. So that was also really cool. The USGA comes in and makes a ton of changes to the grounds. They build the driving range on the North course. So the North course is completely out of commission. Um, they build the driving range there. The USGA has like their facilities. Um, they had parking lots. So we actually parked on the North course, um, depending on like your involvement. Um, and then you get to see the course in like a championship condition, which is different than it is all throughout the year. I got to talk with the deputy director of the golf in San Diego and, um, you know, got to learn that they even make changes to the grass and the golf course because they're able to grow a different type of rough. That's even more difficult than what we see there throughout the year because it's, you know, warmer months. Um, so I thought that was really cool because you always see all the posts on social media about the rough and how thick it is and how hard it is. Um, so it was cool to learn why it's different and why it's harder. So it was just, it was so exciting. It was great to have fans back on site too. We didn't have them at the farmers earlier this year in January. Um, so that was really exciting. And because in California, the earlier on during tournament week, they lifted the mask mandate and stuff. So the fans were out. It was like a whole added extra, like, element to the tournament to have everybody back out there and it was just an incredible experience from start to finish from my side like from my view of things getting to be involved with social media and creating content all the way through you know the dramatic leaderboard all day yesterday and then I watched I actually caught live John Rahm's birdie putt on 17 and then his birdie putt on 18, like back to back holes. And it was nuts. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Like I actually, like, I haven't experienced a moment like that at a golf tournament really. Um, yet. So like, it just sent chills through my entire body. So it was an incredible week. I'm very grateful for the experience and, um, you know, I'll, I'll never forget it. I actually, I actually caught that interview, um, on, on social where you bought the Koya grass and they grew that in for the, uh, for the uh, open, as opposed to uh, what's in there for the farmers. And yeah. naturally you handle all the social media for the farmers, as we've discussed previously, you got a new gig this, this week, as Christian <laughs> alluded to you're not only were you at Tory, but you were first major and you kind of took over social media for the USGA. Yeah. Well, I have to give a lot of credit because especially with the farmers, they sort of make, they have me as the face of the social media, not I'm not necessarily the one doing all of the work. So um, I work with another girl. Her name is Ashley um, on the farmer social side. Like she is the one that like is pushing out like all the content on a regular basis. And like during farmers and leading up, obviously the couple months before they they 
kind of put me as the face. So yes, I'm doing, I'm doing a, a, a lot of work on that, but there's people behind the scenes that are doing just as much, if not more on a, on a routine basis. So I like to think of it like my role is being that, um, you know, means to showcase all of the hard work that does go on behind the scenes and show off this finished product that, you know, a group of people work very hard to like make it a spectacular event. So that's with the farmers and the, for the, for the USGA, their content team, I mean, I mean myself, I took over the Instagram stories for two of the days of the tournament. I mean, the USGA has a very big social team. They had so, so many photographers out there, like, cause you guys see all the moments that get put on social sure. media from the U S right. open. Right. Like they have countless photographers and video people out there, like making sure that they're capturing, like anytime there's a special moment. Cause you just never know when they're going to come. Right. So what I think is cool about what, these events are doing is they are recognizing that people have different voices, people have different audiences. And when we bring them all together, you get a lot of different perspectives um, through different eyes and different lenses. And they're all very unique and um, creative in their own way. So, you know, the content team that the USGA has in place that go to all of the, all of the majors and all the championships and everything that's going on behind the scenes, like there are people literally in the media center, like chopping up, creating content, like from the start of the day to the end of the day. And then after play is over. So, you know, I was just very grateful to have the opportunity that they thought that my perspective um, and sharing that was of, would be of value to the golf audience. So um, yeah, I mean, it'd be hard for me to take, you know, too much credit here because I'm a small piece, but um I do appreciate that they find my perspective and opinion valuable um, and what I do on my social media channels as, you know, you know, worth it. Well, that's because you're as you're, you're a golfer yourself. I mean, not as a com. I mean, you got Andrew over here. He's a great golfer and, and try to, uh, be, try to be, let's not get too aggressive here. Yeah. <laughs> and he's working on his putting stroke and. Oh yeah, uh, that's right. I remember that was, a, you know, a, a Hey, putting like, stroke yeah. is in, is in full effect. <laughs> I played this weekend. I only had 26 pucks for 18 holes. So it was in full effect and I was put, that's pretty, pretty good. Wow. Yeah, some very, I was, very, I was very, what happy. you do in the back nine? Uh, <laughs> no, I did. I had 30, I shot 34 on the back nine. I was one of them. <laughs> that's really good. I, uh, now, getting off my game because the more important thing was the guy's game on the course i will say and i said it earlier in the show for our listening audience obviously listen you didn't get to hear this i know you're a big fan of rom i did say that this would be the storyline of all storylines and i said i'm gonna call my shot now that john rom although he wasn't my actual pick will be the guy i call as the ultimate winner at the end of the day from a, of a storyline perspective so it ended up working out that way. I know you also said you were on the grounds. You got to see him playing on 17. You got to see some of the guys behind. I'd love to hear some stories though, of some things that like we don't get to see, right? Like you got to obviously get to chat with some of these guys. Like what's, what's Rory when you get to see him behind the scenes is he's as, as mellow as he looks on the course. Like what's that kind of look like? Um, he's, a, he's definitely like a class act. Um, I don't know if you guys saw my social media, I had the opportunity to take a picture with him. Um, one of the, I think it was third Friday and that kind of just happened by chance. So by the range, there's like a whole section, um, for the media center, you have to have a certain credential to be able to get in this area. And the other girl that I was work doing, you know, social stuff with Tisha Allen, I don't, I'm, I'm sure you guys, if you have heard of her she's like doing amazing things and she's super creative and talented and we were actually walking to leave we were walking to the parking lot and um he was standing there talking with these with two guys who i also work in the golf industry and i was like man tish i said to her i was like i feel like he's right there like we gotta let's just hang out here on the side um and just like wait around a little bit because I think we should totally try to like chat with him for a little bit and take a picture. And she was like, yeah, sounds great. So, um, and as soon as he was finished up in his conversation, he obviously could tell that we were standing there waiting to talk to him. So um, he spent, you know, a little bit of time with us and he had uh, this ball in his hand and it was like 
a big, you know, those like red dodgeball things. Yeah. They, uh, it was they, a white I saw one. The USGA one, right? Yeah. yeah. And we were like, oh, what's that? And he's like, oh, I'm, I got this for my daughter. And like, he was getting ready to go back to his hotel room to, um, you know, see his wife and his his baby, but he still spent time with everybody that was around that was trying to chat with him. Obviously no like regular fans or spectators, but it was nice of him to give us some time. And um, he's, you know, very classy. He, he does have um, like a seriousness, like a way about him and a focus obviously. Um, but at the same time, he was like, you know, very relaxed and happy to chat with us, smiling, laughing, like, and, and give us some time. So that was really cool. Um, you know else is- one of the other ones I did want to I did want to bring up because we we brought this up in our intro uh, before you had hopped on uh, the show is John Rom, okay John Rom obviously I know you're a big fan John Rom though we everyone always talks about how fiery he can get on the golf course he gets very emotional on the golf course did you you've seen him obviously now at, at Tory for the Farmers you've now seen him at the USGA for the US Open did he look any like he just seemed so different from what he normally would have been in a, in a normal week. And it was just kind of shocking to us how like mellow he seemed like it didn't phase him. Any composure. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that's been my experience of him too. Um, I remember uh, during the pro-am day of the farmers this year, cause there were no fans um, on course. So I was standing behind him at one point on the 16th tee box for the par three. So the, the amateurs he was, he was playing with were over at a different tee box. And I was literally just standing there, like behind him and his caddy, like right there. And they both turned to me and they're kind of like, hey, like, what are you doing? You know, like, who, you know, not, like not in a rude way, but they were kind of just like, who are you? Who are you? And I was just like, oh, I'm doing social media for the farmers, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, they're like, oh, that's cool. Like he was really relaxed. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I like his way about him. I think he's a great player. I love how like fired up he gets when he makes those putts. Like it was so crazy yesterday to watch his reaction to 17 and 18. Um, but yeah, I mean, for the most part, like all of the interactions that I've had, like even on the Wednesday. So during Bryson's practice round, Tish um, works with Puma. So she knows his kind of crew and knows him. So we followed him right behind him for a couple of holes, like on the course on Wednesday. And um, he was really relaxed too. Like he's very serious. Obviously these guys are like really focused and really dialed in. I mean, this is a like a major, uh, they're not messing around, but they're also like, you know, he, I mean, he ch- chatted with us for a little bit. We took some pictures after he was done with the practice round and, you know, for the most part, they can like be, you know, kind of relaxed for a couple of minutes while they're not like on the range getting dialed in. But even like it was so cute on the Saturday, I was on the range in the morning and Matt Jones, um, his I think it's his wife and their three daughters. And they were in the stands of the range, which was behind where I was standing. And, you know, the, his littlest daughter was like calling to him. And he noticed, so he walked over and he came over the fence and, you know, walked away from his range session to go over and talk to his kids. You know, it's like, you gotta be dad first and then golfer. So, you know, it's cool to see them interact with their families, with their kids. You could just like, even all the scenes from yesterday um, after John Rum won, he's there with his wife and his baby. It's his first father's day. Like, you know, at the end of the day, these guys are human beings. They are people. And um, they it's nice to see them in that light, too. Cool. Well, that, yeah, I mean, I mean, that was that was that was the thing Bubba was saying. I mean, perspective, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even like Bryson at the end of his round yesterday, I mean, talk about he was like went from a leader to having like four holes that just absolutely, you know, what do you shoot a 44 on the back nine? I, we um, were, we were comments. He shot like 44 and the announcer said on the TV, on the telecast, it may have been his worst nine holes in all of his professional career. So yeah. it's wild. That's tough. And, you know, you hear him talk about when he's getting questioned afterwards, he's like, they're like, Oh, how long is it going to take you to recover from this? And he's like, I'm recovered from it. You know, like, <laughs> how that's such like a good response I think because the same way I mean I think you guys probably have 
experienced this too. I mean, there have been times where I've walked off the golf course and I've literally wanted to just be like, I'm never playing this game again. Um, so for these guys on the stage that they're on to be able to, you, you know, have a sense of humility after that, at like, a, you know, everybody's a lot of eyeballs on him. He's the, was the, you know, reigning champ. It's just like, it's tough. You know, you just have to be like, yeah, I'm good. On to the next one. I got to play again uh, in like four days. That giving up on the game never happens. I mean, Andrew, you yeah. never fished. You never fished Christian's uh, putter out of a pond. Oh, I definitely fished his putter out of the pond during college. Once or twice, we threw it in there. Um, I, yeah. I think after a few nine hole uh, rounds, I, I decided that I was going to not play, and then I was back at the course the next day. But obviously, you, you know, it, you, you're you're going to run into those days. But but the other the other thing I love is like seeing these guys or hearing these guys talk about the course and then seeing them out there like struggling at Torrey Pines. I mean, it's a hard golf course. Every time I play that course, it beats me up so bad, like so badly. And um, you're not getting wedged into number three. Oh <laughs> no. I mean, I even play from the forward tees and it's at least some, it, you know, mostly I play like a, depending on where the pin placement is, it's either a pitching wedge or a nine iron. So maybe, but then it's like, so it's not, it's not a long hole when you're playing from the forward tees and trust me, it's still easy to find a way to mess it up. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's like you watch these guys struggle. They make the golf course super hard and it's already hard on a regular basis for people like me and all of the people that get to go out and play there because it's a municipal course. So anybody can get on it. And um, yeah, so it just helps me keep things in perspective to not be so hard on myself whenever I struggle there. Cause I'm just like, man, this is, this is a PGA tour stop and a US open golf course. It's okay that it's difficult. Yeah. And I think like going back to Bryson really quick, I think Bryson just has like this, you know, everybody talks about him in like a negative way because, you know, he's the golf scientist or whatever it is, you know what I mean? But like, you know, one thing that I really love about Bryson is that all the hate that he gets for, you know, his swing or, you know, whatever it could be, even like say like the beef with Bryson or, or the, the beef with Brooks. Right. I mean, he just kind of puts it over his shoulder and he just goes out there and he just wants to play golf like everybody else does. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, John Rahm always gets talked about his temper. Right. But John Rahm has a different mentality that he has right now. Right. I don't know if it's going to, I don't know if it's Keppa. I don't know if it's whoever it is. Right. But again, John, I think ever since, ever since switching over to Callaway, I think one is games in the best shape in, in my opinion of his career. And I think that he's number one for a reason. And he's just going to keep expanding himself from number one to number two. Um, you know, but again, Torrey is just a great, great, great golf course. I hope that I have the opportunity to play it one day. I mean, they just, they went from a municipal golf course. Obviously it was probably in spectacular shape then, but just to get it in U S open conditions, I mean, in such a short time, it was just, it was awesome. I mean, it was amazing. So what, we, what I learned from Torrey is that their municipal versus our municipal in the Northeast is oh, polar way different. opposites. Way our different. municipal has <laughs> uh, got a uh, 30 year old car golf carts and they have yeah. uh, top of the line. I do have to ask you, you're obviously a content person. You're, you're huge on social. I have to ask about the viral guy that went, they went viral for running onto the course and hitting golf balls. Oh. Did you get to see this guy live? And if so, was it as funny as it looked? Because he was he was actually had a pretty good swing. I'm not gonna lie. His swing was pretty solid. Uh, better swing than Andrew. Before he got Definitely better swing than me. So um, I didn't see it. Uh it was on the 13th hole, which is like one of the furthest points of the golf course. Um, but like I literally within minutes of it happening, I saw it on about 10 different um Instagram pages, if not more. I'm still seeing it from other <laughs> angles today. Um yeah, I mean, what can you do? People are gonna he, do. He picked, some... he picked his he he picked his spot. He was like, I'm gonna go to the farthest court hole from the course, and you know. I remember the announcer. I don't know who it was. I don't know if it was Jim Nance or somebody said during the actual like broadcast. They were saying like, yeah, well, this guy came out on the 13th hole, you know, hit a couple golf balls, and now he's face down on the 13th fairway. <laughs> Police <laughs> yeah. officer. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Um, it was uh, it was weird, but. Um, no, going off content, for example, I got. I would love to get your opinion on this. What What do you think of the uh, the friendly beef between Brooks and Bryson? Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, obviously, I see it on social media uh, with the new PGA Tour like incentive mm -hmm. uh, for these guys to step up on the social media platforms, and 
you know, having that monetary incentive there. I mean, hey, I think everybody should be creative and try to find different ways to Are get there. Are you saying beef. that they could have created a fake beef? Because I'm not going to start anything, but you two heard it here first. Wait I a called minute. This that could be same breaking thing. news. Yeah. I'm, no, no, I, I have no idea. I'm not. I'm not saying that. I'm. Not, I don't know. Um, I, I, I was, I'm just going with the fact that it, it was very eerily similar to what I said, which is for twenty million dollars a piece, I would make a fake beef just to have some, you know, extra incentive. If you know, just. I wanted to, I wanted to throw it in there. Come on, boys! You can't you can't you can't put her in that position. No, <laughs> I'm not going to put her in that position. I'm not but, I'm not speaking when I talk about that the social media incentives. I'm not connecting it all. I'm just saying that it's in it's providing some inspiration for these guys to be creative and establish more of a presence. I'm not specifically talking about Brooks and Rice here, um, but. Uh, I just think it's um, it's interesting. It's an interesting move because, like I said, there are so many people out there that have these social media platforms and have their views or like their content or how they like to you know show their involvement in the game of golf, and it's a great tool to get to create awareness. So the the game of golf, the sport of golf, is grow has grown so much. Um, over the last year and a half. And I think it's smart to capitalize on that momentum. So I, I think you're, I think you're hundred percent right. And, and by no means was, I, I was just, we, we made the joke about, could this be just a fake beef because they, they want to create some, some, you know, popularity between the two of them. I, I think, I think I personally the- speaking, like I look back at guys like Max Homa, for example, like he's a prime example. He was King of Twitter before they even anybody got on Twitter. And he, they asked him in one of his interviews, like, are you going to change now that this, he's like, I'm going to do what I've always been doing. This is what, this is what's custom. So I think it's great that the social media has a way to impact and, and these guys are able to try to help causes or whatever they may be in what's important to them to, to be able to do so. Well, we said often both these two, both tours right now are in great positions. They have a, a younger demographic that knows and understands the power of social media. And they got great golfers right now. I mean, so yeah. it's it's, it's, it's a great. Tour. It makes it makes your job a lot easier, for, without question. Yeah, and aside from uh, like aside from that, it's an opportunity. And this is like for the men and the women of the LPGA. Like, it's just another platform to be doing stuff with brands and content creation right. and just expanding your own audience, which can never really hurt your hurt your brand as long as you're being strategic about who you're working yep. with and what the type of content that you're putting out there it could be, you know, a whole nother audience and avenue for additional income, which yeah. is, which is great. I mean, who wouldn't, who doesn't like that? So, you know, I think these guys should, or, you know, the guys and the girls of the PGA and LPGA tour should be looking well, at on, even on that note, on that note, I am going to put you on the spot. Are we going to see you at Brookline? Are you going to be at the uh, at the country club next year for the USGA? I don't know. I I mean, I try not to get too far ahead of myself. Okay. Um, I, had... I, try, I guys, I tried to get the answer. <laughs> we try. Well, we she, you're just trying to give her the plug that she needs to try to get back into the in the USGA. Yeah, come see us in the Northeast. Go. Exactly. Yeah, I, exactly. I mean, hey, then we all have to get together. What I try to do with each of the events that I get the opportunity to work is like I just remain so laser focused on each day, like doing the best I can do, trying to be creative, trying to come up with different content ideas. Like, and also some of it comes down to being in the right spot at the right time. I've been fortunate over, you know, a handful of the events that I've done of being in the right spot at the right time to be able to catch, like I was standing on the 16th tee box when Bryson was about to come through yesterday and John Rahm's group was ahead of him. And I'm like looking at the leaderboard and I'm like, okay, so John Rahm has a really good chance to win this thing. Bryson's sort of out of this now. Like I need to get ahead of, I need to get away from the 16 T box. John Rahm's group was walking <laughs> up to the green. And I'm like, so I'm like running over from the 16 T box to over to the 17 green. Cause I'm like, I gotta get, if he ends up winning I need to have the content of him. So that's when he was getting ready to hit his putt. And I just started like holding up my phone. I couldn't exactly see like the, 
you know, the green with the ball, but I'm like, well, if it goes in, it's going to be a really great reaction. And there's a huge crowd right here. So I better just hold my camera up, hold my phone up and just start filming. And then he, when he made the putt, cause I couldn't see it go in and he, I could just tell, like he did his little fist bump and that, or fist pump. And then like the crowd was just going nuts. And like, again, that was me like having to think in the moment, like, why am I standing on the 16 tee box right now? Like, this is great. I had a great spot and I was going to be able to see like all the tee shots, but I'm like, these guys aren't necessarily in it now to win anymore. I need to go get myself in a better <laughs> spot. Um, so I make sure I don't miss that. And then I followed Rom to his tee shot on 18 and then ran down the fairway um, to get down by the green, which was slammed because everybody was down there already. I mean, there were people at eight in the morning three chairs, like three rows of chairs already lined up by the green at eight 30 in the morning I because people that. were like, oh, yeah. I'm getting my spot here and I'm going to stay yep. here all day. So I'm here like when it, everything goes down. So I am running up the 18 fairway to get by the green. And, you know, I'm, again, I couldn't really see that. Well, I'm just holding up my phone, videoing, trying to video everything. So I don't miss, you know, the action. And I was lucky to be there when he made his Eagle, that Eagle, I'm sorry, the birdie putt. So you know, it's just, it's just exciting. A lot of some stuff I can plan a lot of stuff you can't, and you just want to get yourself in good spots to make sure that you can capture some special moments when they happen. I mean, if I do recall, there's a lot of great memories on that pin location on 18 and I'm just going to go back to, Oh wait. Yeah. The tiger made it. That's all yeah. I had. You know, there's been a lot of big clutch putts made on that, on that pin. So. Yeah. And I was just listening <laughs> to something earlier where people were talking about how easy that hole is. And I was like, I don't think any hole at Torrey Pines is easy, but um, they were just like talking about, I think it, I've, I don't know. It's like some interview and these guys were just like, yeah, every hole, like 18th hole should be that easy. I'm like that easy. Oh my gosh. I don't, it, <laughs> it, it just never strikes me. Well, that's just me with golf. I don't think anything's easy, but I mean, I guess it's a real, you know, I shouldn't say it's a very scorable hole because you know, on Saturday, Louis Oosthuizen eagled it, you know, I mean, it wasn't an easy eagle. He had to make like a crazy putt to get the eagle, but he got it. So, right. we, I mean, right. I guess actually, I could see we that. We had that debate, like before you hopped on the show of like, should the USGA decide to host the next tournament? Every tournament they cite that they should have, should have some sort of scorable, like closing hole to try or make the hole literally impossible to try to have the adverse effect. But um, it, it's, it's, uh, it creates the fear that everyone wants. Like people want to watch the last hole that putt going in have a meaning. So it, it's just, it was a phenomenal tournament all around. I know you're going to be definitely excited to get back there to watch the farmers earlier in the year where it's a little bit colder, but you know, we, uh, we greatly appreciate, uh, obviously, and hopefully we can get you back on the show before farmers or ap just after the farmers to do a little bit of a recap. So that way we can be able to get your insights again, but. Yeah, hopefully it will look a little bit more like the U.S. Open just did as far compared to the 2021 Farmers Open with no spectators. So hopefully, you know, I know they're in their planning process like and they are a stellar team that works behind the scenes to put that event on. So I know that they're already in planning and preparing for the 2022. Oh, my gosh, I can't believe it's like where did I? <laughs> Yeah. No time flies, right? Time yeah. flies when you have fun. Zero concept of time. <laughs> Literally the other day I said something about it being May because, oh, the weather was really warm and sunny in San Diego. And I was like, yeah, I was like, that's weird for this time, like this time of year in May. And the two people I was talking to looked at me and they were like, May, isn't it June? And I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, it was like June 15th. I'm like, yeah, wow. Only like two weeks off. Like what is going on? So um, <laughs> So, yeah, so excited for, you know, everything that's going on. I'm like, you know, getting a lot of great opportunities, busy as ever. So, you know, looking forward to doing more events like this. And it's well, always nice to awesome. chat with you guys. I You'll do great wherever you go, by the way. Exactly. Thank you. Well, listen, I do, so I do appreciate you, got, you stopping by. Um, obviously, if you are listening to the show, please be sure to tune in on New Lady Golfer on all of her social media. Um, Definitely need to check her out. She's got a lot of great content pieces, as she's just even alluded to. Uh, we are super happy to have her on the show to do a little bit of an Inside the Ropes recap. Um, but we are, you know, coming up on the end of our time here. Don't want to, well, you know, run too, too far over. I, Andrew, I'm going to interrupt for a second because okay. I, I, I see a similarity to, between you two. 
over her shoulder and over your shoulder. Is that a perfect practice putting that? <laughs> yeah, it is. Can you see it? Oh, you and Andrew. Are t- oh, yeah, you guys both have one. His is it rolled is. up, though. Again, <laughs> over there. I was, I was gone all weekend. I was gone all weekend. I was playing. The only place where I could like have it, it's just down the length of my hallway. I actually have two. I have one in my the other house, too. Nice. So, you know, got to keep the putting, got to keep the putting hey, stroke. That's where you make all your money. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Thanks again for coming on. Again, as Andrew said, new lady golfer, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Yeah. We're everywhere. Yep, I'm on all of them. My Instagram is my main platform, but I am on, and on TikTok too. I'm all over the, all the platforms, but Instagram is the main. <laughs> thank you again. Yeah, we'll thanks guys. Soon. It was a yeah, pleasure. Yeah, you. good to see all of you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you, Alyssa, once again for coming on the show. We greatly appreciate it. We wish you all the best moving forward. You know, we everybody here at the 19th hole knows that you'll do great things. Um, please feel free to come back on whenever you like. Again, I mean, guys, I mean, she gave us the inside rope. I mean, that was awesome. Uh, uh, we, I was jealous. Good, great, great insight without question. And I love the fa- I love the fact she's a perfect practice putting Matt user. She, she does have a perfect practice. It must be why her putting game has been so strong on all of her social media posts. But um, we can't obviously not bring up our good friends over at Perfect Practice because they are our, our official putting training egg of Golf Talk Live and our 19th hole podcast. So have to bring them up. Uh, these mats are the realest of deals. If you're looking to get better at your putting and at your putting stroke right now, they work for what used to be because, as Christian alluded, was world number one Dustin Johnson. But since John Rahm has overtaken him, uh, Dustin Johnson. Uh, so they're good enough for Dustin Johnson and they're going to work for you too. Cause obviously if it works for me, it works for new lady golfer, Alyssa Kazar, uh, it can work for everybody. These come in three main sizes all the way from their compact edition up to their XL version that stretches out to 15 feet when fully extended. If you're looking to get your practice in use our code GTL 15. Again, that's code GTL 15 for 15% off your mat today. Again, if they're good enough for, Dustin Johnson and getting better as well as us getting better. They're going to be good enough for you. Get yours now. Try them out. If you're looking for a last minute Father's Day, I know obviously Father's Day just passed, but if you're looking for a last minute gift to make up for missing out on Father's Day, definitely an option. And if you got a birthday or just looking for a great gift all around uh, to gift yourself, these are the option. You need to try them out. Uh, We will be uh, joined actually next week uh, by Ed Mulatto. Uh, co-owner of Perfect Practice, um, to talk about them a little bit more. But um, thank you again to, obviously, Perfect Practice. Thank you again to Alyssa. And uh, there you go. So while we're practicing here on the 18th green, concluding this round, I just got to throw one last storyline is because talk about crazy, Um, maybe literally. Did you guys catch the uh, story at the uh, qualifier for the Corn Ferry Tour at the Wichita Open? Where... And I got to make sure I get this right. Luke Smith of Covington, Tennessee, was arrested after he got into an argument. And as it says, deteriorated quickly. An argument began with his with the suspect. That would be Mr. Smith. And his father, Caddy, refused to help his playing competitor look for an errant shot. The suspect then punched the victim in the face, tackled him to the ground and said, he said, uncle. <laughs> This seems like something out of like a scene of Caddyshack, if I'm going to be honest. Um, thinking Tim Cup. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I, uh, I don't know what in the world is going on with the Corn Ferry Tour of late because I think this is like the second time some crazy story like this has happened in recent news. But um, clearly, uh, the guys are uh, definitely, you know, trying to get every competitive advantage they can get and. Um, I guess not looking for a ball is now causation for uh, getting in fistfights. So um, I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Hey, I mean, there you go. What are you going to say? Christian, what do you got? Anything? I mean, I, no comment. (laughs) (laughs) So, Hey, I'm going to get a, I'm going to, I'm going to start out with the, uh, the, the, the close real quick. My close is once again, Supporting the Cadence Corner Golf Outing. We are literally, we're over a month out. We're almost sold out already. It's 
the support has been amazing. I can guarantee you're not going to see any fist fights at that golf tournament. I mean, great crowd. Shooter McGavin will be there. Danny Noonan will be there. John LeClaire will be there. Uh, Paul Holmgren will be there. A cast of celebrities that will be is immense. Shooter. Shooter's Tour. Shooter's Tour. (laughs) Cadencecorner.com. Check it out. I will be there. Andrew is definitely, he is committed at this point. Christian, we've got to find out, but we're hoping. And we will have a special, special show uh, that day. So uh, we're, we're hoping you can tune in for that. That's, that's, that's all I got. My, uh, yeah, my, go ahead, uh, go ahead, Andrew. No, go ahead. Go ahead. You, all you. right. So my, my closing thoughts, um, you know, Alyssa, thank you again for coming on the show. You know, it means a great deal to us that you did come on. Um, you know, I'm going to give a big shout out to my boy, Ricky Fowler. Congratulations. He just found out that he, him and his wife now are pregnant. Um, so baby congrats girl. to Ricky, baby girl. Um, you know, maybe that will spark Ricky to go out and win some tournaments now because, you know, he's got a college tuition now he's got to pay for. So you never know. I'm just saying. I mean, I'm sure there. Oklahoma State's going to give a full ride to that kid I'm regardless. <laughs> but um, we – no, obviously, congratulations. Um, definitely uh, definitely exciting news. Um, maybe it sparks him because he does need to pay for diapers, and I know those don't uh, come in free tuitions. But um, Ricky Fowler, sponsored by Simlac. Simlac, yes. <laughs> Um, goodness great. I can't, how am I supposed to finish now? Um, no, um, obviously, um, again, congratulations to John Rom. I knew that we were talking about this last, uh, last show, but I mean, seriously, I got to just keep going with this. Think about this. He can now get sponsorship deals with Pampers. He's got <laughs> Play like I shit. Mean, go with Pampers. Hey, he's doing, he's, he's great at commercials now. I mean, He's better at commercials than he is golfing right now. What Rick, are you saying? Rick, is, Rick has just opened up a whole new line of sponsorships. I'm telling you. I agree. thousand percent. The next Gerber's the next, the next episode, Gerber's the, baby food. The next uh the next commercial that he does, he's gonna be standing on the 18th tee at a at a tournament, apparently, according to the thing, and he's gonna be shitting his pants. And uh he's gonna need pampers to keep him keep him clean. So there you go. Christian, you have got to come to this to the golf tournament because we are going to dress you up as Ricky, <laughs> oh, and we are going to have you. We are going to have you do knockoff commercials. If I'm able to make it, we're going to have the most vibrant, colorful outfit. Anybody out of anybody there? Oh, without question. Okay, perfect. Because if you play right. that crap, as long as you look good. So and we and when we're there, we are going to hit it long and straight because Christian, it beats Allen hitting short and crooked. Shooter's Tour. Shooter's Tour.